Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Good morning and welcome to Caucus. We're a little bit later this morning. It's 10 past 11 on Thursday morning. We had to walk past the stakeout that normally uh, greets us as we make our way into the Caucus room, the three of us. <laughs> That's right. I'm Guy Espiner. I'm Tim Watkin. And I'm Lisa Owen. And this week, the Empire strikes back. They waited a while, didn't they, Lisa, the National Party, just to figure out how to strike back at Jacinda Ardern. And this week we saw the attack come. Yeah, I don't know that it was planning. I think the opportunity just arose because I don't know that anyone would have necessarily anticipated it. And it's this line around tax, as you say, and capital gains tax. Um, I interviewed actually Stephen Joyce and Grant Robertson on The Nation at the weekend and the capital gains tax came up. Remember, it was a policy that was dumped by Labour after the last election and Andrew Little said um, they well, weren't going to have it. They d- he did. In 2015, yeah. he said, we won't introduce capital gains tax in our first term and we won't won't introduce any change that's signif- that significant to the tax system um, without going to the people first and getting a mandate to do so. That changed this weekend yeah. when Grant Robinson said this. Capital gains tax, are you ruling it out in the first term? Absolutely, if you're in in the first term. We've got a tax working group. I can't preempt what they're going to come back and decide. So you can't rule it out. Could come in in the first term. I can't, pre- what that group I can't preempt what so that group says. Right. But, here's, but here's the important... So it's back on the table. But here's open. the important point. Right now, today, we have something called the Bright Line Test that the National Party brought in. And that says that if you sell a house that's not your family home within two years, you'll pay tax on it. Stephen has a form of capital gains tax. I'm giving you the tax. chance to talk about your policy, yep. Mr Robertson. Yep. So no, capital gains that. tax is still on the table. You're not taking it off? What we're going to the election with is a commitment that if you sell a property that is not your family home within five years, you'll be taxed for that. Okay. Well, I think there's a problem here for the Labor Party because they're dodgy on tax. They're refusing to say about the capital gains tax. They've, intru- they've mentioned a water tax in the last week, but they won't tell us how much okay. it is. And then, of course, they've got a regional fuel tax. And there you had it. The door opened a tiny crack and yep. Stephen Joyce barged his way in. Dodgy on tax. Well, he will, and we'll get to the uh, water tax a bit later too, but just on the capital gains tax and this idea that a tax working group is somehow a level of independent experts. I'm sure there'll be good people on this group, but let's not kid ourselves about the fact that you get the answer that you wanted by appointing the kinds of people who are going to give you the answers that you want. So I do think Labour's opened the door to some scrutiny here because the previous position, as you outlined, Tim, was we'll have a a good look at it in government and then we would go to an election and have a mandate for those decisions. So it's a little bit different saying that we would go into government and then implement them while in government. I, I think they've realised the reality that it is a lot easier to do that. Exhibit, well, that's a, right. to campaign exhibit a is the 2014 election. You don't ask people before <laughs> you go to the polls whether they want a capital gains tax because it doesn't work And this for is you. the thing that, that I know drives politicians crazy when, uh, when people like us sit around and talk about this thing <laughs> because on one hand we keep saying be transparent, be open and they're now saying making it pretty clear we can expect a capital gains tax in, 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 the, first, in the first term. 
what they were doing previously um, was basically kicking it to touch and allowing themselves a second term, term to get that. So they're being a bit more upfront now. They're saying, you know, you can expect this. I mean, he's not. Well, they're not really, are they? Well, because they're saying they're, taking they're their, saying that's not what we're taking to the election. Yeah, they're taking the heat off themselves for the ultimate decision. So we're taking independent advice, as Guyon says. We're taking independent advice from this tax review. If they tell us it's something that we need, well, we're going to do what's I mean, best for the we country. Know, we know but we that's know, what they want to we do. We know and, that's, that's and the message. And let's be fair, National did the same thing. And this they, is what Labour <laughs> will say. 2010, they had their own tax working group, and they, within the t- lifetime of that parliament, yeah. introdu- um, rose, um, increased... GST, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but but they didn't despite, do that, settings, yeah. despite saying they specifically yeah. wouldn't. But they didn't do that, say, with asset sales, where they actually made a decision that we will right. go to another election and, and do it. So I think I think it's a bit more being upfront with the um, electorate to, to actually have a policy and then yes. to seek the mandate on it. But I can understand why they're doing it this way. But they had it nicely wrapped up in a box. Andrew Little had tied it up in a bow for them, and they've unwrapped the bow and, and said, yeah. "Here's a stick, Mr. Joyce, to beat us with." And Lisa's got an interesting theory about <laughs> who might be the driving force. Well, I just find. It really this. interesting. Um, 2014, the the guy who fronted a lot of this policy and did the alternative budget for Labour, David Parker, was front and centre. After Andrew Little, um, after that election, and after Andrew Little dropped all their controversial policies, capital gains, which were mostly super, Parker policies, which were mostly Parker policy, Parker slipped away. You know, but I kind of feel like the the Harry Potter of the Labour Party, the policy wizard, has been let back out from the understeer cupboard. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, no, I do because back, he's Harry. he's front and he's front and centre now, and all of these policies, and I don't know where they stand on super yet. I haven't had an opportunity to ask Jacinda Ardern a direct question in relation to super, but that's the one last plank. We had water. David Parker um, was involved in, in water policy before he was involved in um, the super policy and he was involved in capital gains. And you would have seen him this week supporting Jacinda Ardern when she's doing the press conferences, etc. I think it's a really good point that David Parker is definitely back in the frame. He was also, as Lisa says, very much behind the, the water tax policy. And again, you know, a lot of New Zealanders probably think it, it is time that uh, a, a water charge was put on. I've seen some surveys. I'm not sure how robust they yeah. are putting a, a strong amount of support behind that. But I do think, again, that Labor's left itself a little bit open by not being clear right up front From about how much it was going to cost. Again, we heard the same answer that when we put this water tax on, an independent group will give us the answer about what it is. In those sorts of conditions, you get $18, $28 cabbages coming out of the Woodwork <laughs> National. They went for the nuclear button, and let's be honest, some of it was pretty laughable about the impost on the economy and the price of cabbages. And but, wine. And wine, that's important, <laughs> dear to my heart. But they were able to do so because yeah. Labour had let the door open by not saying what the rate would be and then saying it could be one cent or two cents. Now, you know, there's a 100% difference between those two numbers. It and is. so you're really leaving the door open for your opponents to attack you. And but surprise, they did. surprise, they gave, they, them, did. they gave them, you know, a good 48 hours there to, 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 to swing the bat at them. Um, I, I think, though, you, you're seeing some ineptness on both sides, to be honest. I think Labour uh, clearly didn't get their ducks in a row beforehand and that two cents even if it goes up to three cents, should be should have been there in the in, in the policy package to start with. But yeah, they're national. Not? Why, why not? And and they obviously could pull it out pretty quickly. So why you know it wasn't a difficult number or an impossible number. Um, but then the nationals' response was actually pretty ham fisted. This this 
um, eighteen dollar cabbage stuff was was clearly no, has been pretty roundly mocked yeah, now in the intervening days and, and, and quite right too. And other, some other to journalists, yeah, some other journalists did the numbers on the cabbage and said it would be about 0.6 cents for a cabbage, and not all cabbages would yeah, need but be, um, irrigation. Be, not all <laughs> not cabbages are created equal. equal. Yeah. But, no. <laughs> when you get though to the end of the week and we nearly are there, National will be thinking that they've probably done a reasonable job, and I do think it was more strategic than that. I do think they waited a week and to to just treat um, this new Labour Party with kid gloves and just to see what it was going to look like and then they've gone back to their their classic playbook that Labour's going to tax more and that they've gone back to their own law and order policy and we can talk a bit about that but they you know, are, are going is, to their their big elements of their playbook that Labor's the tax and spend party and National is the party of law and order. That's what, how they'd look at this yep. week. And they'd probably go, hmm, we haven't had such a bad week. And a Facebook video this week with Nathan, Nathan Guy at the farm gate getting, getting his, his mail, <laughs> all looking at all the bills that farmers have to struggle yeah. under. Um, and there's a new bill from La- from Labor going water as well and big red yeah, question so marks on the screen. It's not sophisticated, is no, it? It's, it's pretty stuff. No, it's but, pretty blunt. And the other thing I would say about that is word has spread fast among their people that that is the baton that they're going to mm. use. There to is a that, pointed difference yeah, they're going to draw. Yeah. Yep. The, the, Hamish Walker, I just want to quickly raise this. So Hamish Walker is the replacement for... He's um, the new Todd Barkley. He's the new Todd Barkley. <laughs> he probably wouldn't describe himself as such. No, exactly. He would not want to be described like straight that. Out are of we the, recording this? Yes, yeah, straight out of the blocks. <laughs> straight out of the blocks, one of the first comments he makes is that the Labour's water tax is going to be devastating for farmers in the South Island. I mean, this is like barely a nanosecond after he's elected as the candidate. So that's that doesn't happen by and, accident. And, and I just want to put an, a number out there because I did a quick sum last night. If it is if it is two cents per thousand litres and you've got about 8,000 dairy farmers um, in the country, four and a half thousand horticultural makers then, if, even if just they pay for everything, and of course that doesn't cover the bottlers and all the other people mm. who use water for irrigation, um, that's about eight grand each a year. So, you know, if if you just do horticulture and dairy, 8,000 each a year, I think there's a lot of New Zealanders who will, I mean, you can, farmers will go bloody hell, and a lot of other New Zealanders will go, you can suck up a yeah, grand. and Labour will be banking on that yeah, too, that they exactly. haven't got the yeah. Have you got a number for craft beer there? Um, no, oh. sorry. <laughs> sorry, the most important thing of all, I listed out. But if we, we we did raise this briefly, but yeah. National's law and order policy, I mean, it, they came out with this idea, and I mean, I wondered, I had to check my calendar about what year we were in, because I remember very clearly mm. John Key being very keen on, on the boot camps policy, but then I was told it wasn't boot camps at all. Um, what do you guys make of this? Well, I've looked at it in a bit of detail. Go I, on. I, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested in um, law and Lisa's order area. policy. Yeah, and, and do a few stories on this. So I looked at some of the research. Obviously, the chief science advisor had previously said that boot camps do not work. I looked back at the report he wrote, which referenced two other reports. So I looked back at those reports. Now, I know Bill English kind of called you out, Guy, on in his interview and said, you know, boot camps aren't just press-ups in a tent. And, and you can know, we, let's just hear that bit of audio yeah. so we can yeah, bounce off it. You'd have to ask the science advisor what he thinks boot camps are. In this case, it's about providing an alternative to prison. This is not an employment scheme. It's not an alternative to going to school. It's an alternative to prison or youth justice facilities. Uh, It's 12 months. It's not short and sharp. And it includes the wraparound services that we do see working, and that is literacy and numeracy uh, as well as structure and So why uh, are you doing it at a military camp then? Because we, because we take the view that uh, we think the culture of the army is the right one that is going to help with these kids. And if you, if you think the culture of the army is just press-ups, then you misunderstand them. 
Well, I looked back at what was the definition of boot camps in this research that said they don't work, and it said the idea is to teach offenders self-discipline, responsibility, teamwork, and an effort to enhance self-esteem and guide them along a pathway directed towards a new lifestyle and using um, military-style discipline to do that. When I looked at National's policy, it said on-site at an army base pushes the structure and self-discipline factor. A range of options and resources to staff will be available. <laughs> then it says not a soft option, enforced discipline mm. and good role. The, the role models, not so different. No, I didn't and think. I think there's a saying about ducks and how they walk, <laughs> yeah. um, which goes along with that. And if you're in boots and it's with the military and you're at a camp, then it's a military boot camp. Um, y- I'm going to dispute that a little bit. Yeah, yeah um, Because I, I think, to be fair, you look at the... You actually go back to the evidence, and the boot camp is the problem that, that National got. It's been called a boot camp now. But this is for a year. This is not the short, sharp shock that we've seen over in the islands and the Gulf and a lot of the other stuff they've done. It doesn't involve multidisciplinary um, uh, attention from defence, from the Ministry of Social Development, from justice and from education. Mm. So there's four ministries involved. It's not just people doing press-ups. It's held press at Waiuru, though, isn't it? It, it, it is. It is. But there's addiction treatment involved. There's reintegration with a family um, as part of the package. Mm. And this is the stuff that those, if you look back to the correction... Um, uh, Ministry of Corrections um, own literature research, they will say that the stuff that works is counselling, skills training, multiple coordinated services, um, education, and that is part of the package. So I think this isn't just a boot camp. Now, there's no evidence this will work, and that's his, that's English's pro- problem. He, he's the political question. But there's no evidence it won't work, and, the, and, and there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, fair enough. That actually fits with the literature. Yeah, fair enough. Here's the political question, though. Did they want it to be construed <laughs> a, as a boot camp? I mean, I thought they probably did. Yeah. I thought they probably wanted people like argue. me were saying, oh, look, these yes. haven't worked and here's the evidence and, and Lisa going through hers. If you didn't call it a boot camp, as well, <laughs> it's an I alternative mean, to that, prison. You could argue it's a soft option. Well, They're getting could, all this wraparound service yeah. um, not, rather than going to prison. It's, it's arguably, you could frame it completely differently and say they're getting all the support no, rather well, than in do, the, in, going, doing the yards in prison. In, in their policy statement, they say it's not a soft option. But when you look at the research, very few of these camps work. In fact, they say that they sometimes have a negative effect on the kids. And, I mean, even now and today, we're having we're talking about kids who are abused or mistreated in, yep. in state care, and one of the camps is a boot camp that was being run on Great Barrier Island. Yeah, but those so, ones that don't work are the ones that don't have literacy, numeracy, drug treatment, family Correct, integration. but I also think we really ask, need to ask a fundamental question. Why now and why this policy? That's a fair point. Well, and I, and think, I think Guyan's answered that. It's, it's election time and, and this is law and order for national. I think they had a weak spot there. They had the likes of... Um, Act rallying all these dairy owners who who had suffered from aggravated robberies, which one of, is one of the offences I might add that qualifies you to be a serious youth offender and be shuffled off to boot camp. So the it, you know that's that's Act's ground and has been in the past. And and Winston yeah, Peters has been pretty it, tough I, on crime. I, I totally agree. And and I go back to my main um, overall point: they won't be unhappy at all with us talking about Labor's taxes and Nationals um, being tough on raw <laughs> order. Right. And I know it sounds blunt, but I think that they are running a blunt campaign. And I want to talk a little bit about strategy just for a yeah. second because yeah. I, I thought it was interesting. And I, uh, Bill English was sitting where you are sitting now, Lisa, in the morning report studio on Monday. 
and it was a bit of a di- different Bill English who turned up. He was uh, he he got quite aggressive. He got a little bit angry, and um, told you you didn't know what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, which um, you know has been the case <laughs> at times. <laughs> Never. But, but um, I just thought it was interesting, and I thought he was quite effective um, pull, pulling out that uh, that line of attack. And I wonder whether we might see a bit more of that in in the debates. I mean, he's not good when he's hesitant, is he? And I just no. thought that when uh, he got he got a bit more aggressive, I actually thought he was he was quite strong. I was just interested to see him him behave like that, and I'm I'm really fascinated to to see how he's going to handle himself in the debates. And I just get back to that idea of them waiting to see how they were going to play against mm. Jacinda Ardern and a Bill English. Maybe he's decided. Well, I need to I need to go a bit harder. And, and, and we were talking before we came on air that that. He's not the most nimble of, of politicians, um, and it you know it, it feels like nationals playing the England rugby team game right. This is their strategy. They're keeping it tight. They haven't got a running game. They haven't got flamboyant backs who are going to score a, a try in the last minute. So they're playing to the forwards. This is Johnny Wilkinson in the two thousand and three World Cup final, right? Bill English is our Johnny Wilkinson, and they're going to try and play a really disciplined game and win it that way, not win it with flair and imagination. Okay, well you lost me until you mentioned Johnny Wilkinson because I do know who he is. But I do. I, I'm with Guyan on this. I think this is kind of I, it's a pitch I, for the sport. But I'd be really interested to know if there's some different media training going on behind the scenes. I think they started off with a softly, softly approach because we all see how Nikki Kay's attack on uh, Jacinda Ardern when she was dead the leader went down not so well but yeah. yes but you can't you can't not um, meet that challenge head on you can't sort of just hold back the whole time mm. and not go on the attack because that will leave you on the back foot I find it really interesting that this week John Key comes back for his investiture and gets his knighthood and appears on media including the um, News Hub's AM show where he talked a lot about Jacinda Ardern and gave her actually some backhanded compliments and said she was a good communicator she was good on television sort of like setting her up to bring her down you mean like a smile and wave person who have I heard that directed against before yeah like like a smile and wave person and then he went on to push all of those buttons about yeah Bill Bill is um he's got the experience he's solid he's proven he used the word proven multiple times okay so again here's an interesting one that's just occurred to me does Labour and Jacinda Ardern pull out Helen Clark in the campaign. Well, I, mean, I think that could you, be interesting. I, She's in I, the country in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so we know that much. That, that's what I was going to say. I mean, if you're she talking about here, prime ministerial so big guns, that you, could be uh, pretty interesting, couldn't it? Let's <laughs> yeah. ha- let's have a look at Labour. Let's um, see how they've handled these attacks this week because it's been a pretty interesting um, time for Jacinda Ardern. Really, her big test, a couple of big tests this week, and they were kind of related, weren't they? They, uh, the, the the fire uh, across the Tasman and yes. how she would um, handle her MP who had been at the centre of that. We've got um, Julie Bishop, of course, the uh, Australian formidable foreign, formidable Australian <laughs> foreign minister. Let's roll that one. I'm referring to Bill Shorten using a foreign political party to raise questions in a foreign parliament deliberately designed to undermine confidence in the Australian government. Should there be a change of government... I would find it very hard to build trust with those involved in allegations designed to undermine the government of Australia. And that was all due to, of course, Chris Hipkins um, and his uh, agreement to put some questions to Internal Affairs Minister Peter Dunn. 
uh, about the status of uh, Australians who might have, <laughs> might yeah. or might not have New Zealand fathers. Mm. Um, but and, and of course, we should say just quickly that um, the whether how much Chris Hipkins was actually the catalyst for this is in some dispute, isn't it? That's because a fair Fairfax point. were asking questions at the same time, but, However, but he, he was in the thick of it. He was, and and it, it looked a bit messy for Labor. Um, but Ardern, interestingly, potentially made it an opportunity for her, called in the Australian High Commissioner and, yes. then, and then held this press conference and said this. The relationship between the New Zealand Labour Party and the Australian Government is too important for politics to get in the way and I am absolutely clear on that. My hope in this is to have been absolutely uh, clear and transparent uh, with those involved around our level of knowledge, uh, the level of involvement and to be clear again that regardless of whether or not we knew the basis on which those questions were being asked, they should never have been asked. Australian domestic politics is for them, not for us. We should not be involved, and that is a line I maintain. Decisive and firm and a wrap across mm. the knuckles for her guy. So she, uh, I was really interested in this because, I mean, uh, Tim, we've been in the room with Julie Bishop before and she makes you kind of feel like a five-year-old, like oh, you, should, my you, you should retreat and apologise even if you haven't done anything <laughs> wrong. So this was like a really formidable force to go up against. And I thought Jacinda Ardern held her line. I, I agree. I thought she did well. And I thought she deployed all the skills of a successful politician. She took a decisive line. She she re retained her cool. She deployed an element of humour. She yep. said that she was uh, politics was about being caught between a rock and a hard place, and she was currently caught between Ayers Rock and New Zealand. Yes. The metaphor might not quite have worked, but it was a it was a little bit of fun. And she disciplined her MP Chris Hipkins without having to throw him under the bus. That is not an easy uh, thing to actually do in the heat of an election campaign after being leader for what she, is it two weeks? She so cauterized she right. the wound. She cauterized the wound. And here's what I thought she did really well too, because the very next day I hear on Morning Report that. She she has declined to be interviewed, and I think that's a skill too, knowing when to shut up, because some people do You're not, not have that skill. Not <laughs> no, no, don't. Let's, I'm not. Let's not go over that, that door. No, no, absolutely I know what you mean. not. But, you know, some yeah, people, yeah, and yeah. arguably and Andrew and Little and might have been criticised for that. And I think she turned off Chris Hipkins' phone too, because we were <laughs> ringing that all, all, all morning and, but, and couldn't get hold of her at all. It wasn't all gold for Labour, though, that no. incident. And, and it did. Hell no. It, it did look like, you know... And we were talking about this before, Tim, before mm. we came into our caucus room. Um, we were talking about the fact that, really, as a Labour MP right now, before you pick up your smartphone, log on, or talk to someone, you should be thinking, is my action now going to help me win the election? Is it going to help me lose the election? And really, it's pretty much that binary right at this point. Right well, of, course, of course, it'd be silly to deploy that attitude right across sure. um, no. helping constituents and doing all that but, good stuff. But at this point in the election campaign, you've got to be super disciplined. Yep. And, and chatting to your mate Marcus Ganley, who's been an, an advisor in the same office as Jacinda Ardern and Grant Robertson, all those guys are very close. And talking to him about helping out your Aussie mates across the Tasman, Just it, it does not fit don't that. Go there. Don't, don't do go it. There. It was as simple to me as 
sit down in the life raft. You just had someone who jumped to their feet and started rocking the boat. And <laughs> um, we should say that actually responses to his written questions are due back today, by the way. Um, and I don't know about this, but Chris Hipkins obviously saying that he didn't know the subject of this inquiry, who the oh, individual person was. <laughs> yes, yeah, who really the individual do. person was um, um, and that he was just asking generic he, questions. Yeah. I mean, that guy was the senior um, whip for the Labour Party and that job is about keeping people in line no, needed to turn a, the whip it, on it's, himself. It's, it's yeah. a good reminder that um, the Jacinda, Fe- Jacinda effect is a very nice place to be for Labour, but it, uh, it, you can lose it in an instant. Yep. Um, no, mis- no mistakes, no distractions has to be their mantra for the next couple of weeks. You don't give your opposition, even if it's your opposition in another country, in a foreign yeah. power, um, any opportunity. And let, let's have a look at where Labour are going, because they didn't have a lot of traction on their policies this week. They were more defending their their tax policies probably, but there's still a lot of time to go. And the ones that they did roll out seem to be attracting the youth and most of their media was around that. We had uh, driver's licence lessons in schools and civics in schools and we had photo ops and uh, Instagrams with with kids. Mm. And then we're throwing forward into what is shaping up to be or being billed as a significant announcement in the uh, tertiary education yeah. realm. So we really are seeing Labour pitch young, aren't we? We, we are, and but it does feel like a slightly phony war week this, this week. This is the last week in the House. Campaigns kick off next week. Um, this feels like the calm before the mm. storm. It's all reheat policy it's at the moment, isn't it? It, it is. It's all reheat. it is reheat policy. I mean, um, the, the, the toolkit co- tool for life with your driver's lessons and all the rest of it. I mean, I just looked back at a Grant Robertson speech um, from 2016. There was a line in there, which is exactly the policy that was announced. Jacinda Ardern defended that and said it was a bunch of ideas at that time and it's only just become policy. Uh, he said the same things on The Nation in 2015. Yeah. So it just felt like sort of weak old bread, really. And when you talk about pitching for... A- the, as did Nationals' money on mental health, to be fair, too. The money right. had already been announced. They gave us more detail, but we knew that that's where it was going. In terms of pitching for the youth vote, um, we've we've heard just today, actually, what that there's 500,000 people who should be enrolled that aren't, Mm -hmm. and half of those are... um youth or youth adjacent, so 30, <laughs> 30, 30 years old or under. So they can pitch all they like to these young people. They've got to turn them out. They've got to, well, first of all, they've just got to well, get them enrolled. enrolled. Yeah. And then they've got to turn them out. And in terms of the um, the toolkit, uh, Labour took a bit of a, a, um, a slam down for that as well because the um, secondary school principals came out and said, hey, we... We, we, we do a lot of this do, stuff. We do a lot of this we anyway. Lot of this is, this, is this your biggest concern? And the Tim mentions the campaign dates. Just coincidentally, yeah. um, <laughs> the books are open, the prefu, uh, the pre-election fiscal update, is on the 23rd of August. National's campaign launch is on the 28th. So, you know, I think we're going to see a situation 27th, where... 27th, is it? 27th, is it? Yeah. Anyway, well, it's a few after, days after. after a couple of days after. <laughs> <laughs> and so I th- think you're going to see a situation where yeah. the books are open. Oh, look, I've got all this money to spend. And I think the uh, the National Party is going to be throwing a, throwing quite a bit of, of yeah. that around. And too. That, this is the interesting thing, is that is that the tax and spend argument they've been throwing at Labour? Can they resist the temptation oh, it's to not go tax and spend when they do it? No, that's right. <laughs> and will it be tax cuts? Will it be tax cuts? Well, that, or will it well, be something social? Again, I mean, it, it, it's a blunt instrument. If they're saying uh, Labour is the higher taxing party, yep. then it wouldn't be a surprise to see them pitch forward with um, with further tax cuts. Would and, it? and this one will get serious next week because also we've said uh, heard Ardern this week saying. 
once that pre-fill is out, yep. we will get their yeah. education policy and, she, and yeah, the big money there. She has said, um, and she keeps repeating this, which fits into the idea that we are fiscally responsible, that we are not going to announce policies that we do not know how we're going to pay for them. And, and when Grant, when I was talking to Grant Robertson on the weekend, he said that she had asked them to look back at the policies they already had and double-check where the money was coming from. So we're expecting something big after that. Talking to a few economists, they're saying there might be an extra $1.5 to $2 billion um, there to be spent. Right. And in terms of Joyce, um, I would say, you know, talking to him about the infrastructure uh, shortfall in Auckland, that is significant, and he seems to be confidently saying he's got the money for that. So you wonder if he's already, you know, got his calculator out and thought this much has to go Auckland. to to mm. Auckland as well mm. as any kind of bribe he's holding back. Let's perhaps end with what we haven't been talking about, and exactly. I think that's quite significant, yes. is the minor parties. And Who? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I use, I mean, I'm sure there's a whakatoki for this, but the, this idea that, um, you know, when the elephants fight, the the mice get squashed. And when you've got two big parties really um, going head-to-head in a reinvigorated uh, Labour Party, you tend to get uh, more of a flight to the bigger parties. Yep. I certainly saw that in 05 when Labour and National were within a percentage point of each other and what had been big parties in 02 started to really get squeezed out. And, you know, have you heard much from the Greens this week, for example, no. or no, from no. New Zealand and First? And even New Zealand First. Well, they squeezed in quite shrewdly. The former foreign minister yes, hat went on. Yes, on the bishop, bishop. And, and on came Winston Peters about Julie, Julie Bishop. <laughs> And it was interesting because for the first time he, he, he attacked Jacinda Ardern. We hadn't heard that before. Oh, and he, he came out there. But they are struggling for, yeah. for oxygen as you see uh, the red team and well, the blue the, team yep. uh, fight it out, right? Because there was another policy announcement this week that probably nobody has even looked at or thought about, which was top put out its um, justice policy. It set significant targets for oh, reducing... Yeah, reducing the po- prison population prison, by, was it, 40%? Yeah, well, they want to go from 10,000 10, to 6,000 in 10 years, saving the country four and a half billion dollars. They want to change bail laws. So some of this policy is really controversial in that in that kind of justice area. They want to give prisoners the right to vote. They want to get rid of ACT, um, the ACT champion three strikes rule. And then they laid out all these rehabilitation programs that they're going to um, pay for. Did you hear anything about that? No. no. Not a lot. Um, no. And then the only other voice that I heard uh, really was Hone Harawera's, uh, which was <laughs> bringing up this issue about whether Willie Jackson was courting him for a deal in... Um, and Willie yeah. says... I think, he's, I think he's a bit naughty. I think he's being a, bit, <laughs> no, a little bit oh, naughty on that. Of course. That, but, both but, are, both yeah. are naughty with, yeah. in that respect. So, yeah, they are being um, starved of... Of oxygen. And this makes it a more prime ministerial, more presidential campaign. Well, indeed. And um, just, I suppose, final word we've, we've got a One News Colmar Brunton yeah. poll out tonight. It'll be uh, interesting watching. But would you expect to see, you know, further gains for Labour, possibly at the expense of these miners? Well, look, this is this is going to be a big question. I don't want to predict that because there is a sense that, that because of the Hipkins thing, Labour's momentum potentially has stalled a little bit this week. Um, National is now trying to get back on the front foot by, by attacking policy, not personality. So it'll be interesting to see whether they are starting to stall it or whether people are settling into the Jacinda world. Yeah, I'm really excited by this. I'll be sitting down with my remote and popcorn and watching it in great detail. (laughs) Um, But I think it's too early. I don't actually think this poll's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be the poll after that because I just believe this is still will be tracking in that honeymoon period. So we might see, as kind of Tim is sort of suggesting some stabilisation, but I don't actually see... I think the true snapshot will be what comes after this. Yeah, Yeah. I'm also interested in the preferred Prime Minister stakes if, and it's a big I and a big F, 
if Jacinda Ardern were to take over Bill English and the preferred prime minister stakes, yeah. now I know there's no you know constitutional bearing on that, but <laughs> it would be pretty bloody interesting. It, it, it it's, it's, it's the old momentum thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but as we've said, big policies next week potentially, and so that will be um, you know the polls after that again. We'll, yeah. we'll take and on we'll your pick them all up next week. We will next week. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we will be back next week after that prefu. Um, thanks to Jeremy in the control room. Our theme sting is by Copra Music, and if you're enjoying Caucus, please do subscribe so that we can be delivered to you directly, just like a hot pizza. Um, or you but can tastier, not, tastier, not with pineapple or uh, no spaghetti. spaghetti. No. Um, or you can also, of course, check out RNZ's amazing new app, which has programs like ours. Just favourite Caucus when you go there. See you next week after the fiscal update. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.